You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. People buy from people. Usually the default to any question you ask a salesperson when they're talking about sales, it's popped up many times on this podcast. We just can't help ourselves from saying it. Why do you work in sales? Well, people buy from people. I love connecting with people. What's the best way to sell to a buyer? Well, people buy from people. So just be a person and you'll sell. Why have you not hit target this week, Tom? Look, people buy from people. All right. The people I sell to, they don't like me. We asked you this week to give us a better version of that phrase. Here are some of my favourites from our LinkedIn poll. Many people buy from many people because it's a team sport on both sides of the table. Like that from Kevin Dixon. People buy from people who can solve their problems. Mark Parsons, very good. I like this one. People buy from people they like and trust from Deepak Vadera. My guest this week is Alexander Law. He's the UK Managing Director at DCM Insights. Sales navigator extraordinaire, social selling whiz, goes by many names. I call him Alex. His podcast, Fun Fact, was the first one I ever appeared on all those years ago. So he often jokes about the fact that he discovered me, which which I like. And he's on the show today to help me understand if people really do buy from people. First question was, did you, like most sellers, fall into the world of sales? I mean, I did fall into sales because uh, my father did it, or my late father did it, and he, we were doing all right as a family. I looked at law and I thought that's just too hard and um, my brain just doesn't work that way. And I thought, well, I need to pay rent in London. And I got offered a sales job um, for an estate agent, basically flogging mortgage advice for £10 a lead. And that's that's where it, where it went. But... I mean, I spent five years in recruitment, recruiting salespeople. And I would suggest that most people think they can do it, but it, it is not for everyone. And that's what we always used to say to people is that you give it a go, but it is not for everyone. If it's not for you, that's okay. It's, it's not a bad thing to say it's not for you because, you know, it's, it's certainly the, the, the thin end or the cold face. It's pretty brutal, right, in, in terms of uh, an industry. Um, so yeah, I, I believe that most people either follow someone they respect, or you know, a, a parent, or have you into the into the industry, or they, if you look at the Reddit kind of conversations that you see kind of bubbling up now, they're wooed by the fact that yes, you can if you're like in the one genuinely the one percent club earn some seriously good cash, but that is very, 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 very few people that really can achieve those astronomical uh, numbers that are always put on uh, on job ads. Well, you, um, you you find that's always the case, right? Maybe people will come in thinking they're going to earn earn the big bucks. You, you talked about sales being brutal there. I, I would certainly agree with that. I bring that into a lot of the content there that I put out. Um, but I know that you often talk about um, bringing the science into sales. So is that the answer then to achieve those those big numbers? Is it about taking a scientific approach? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, if we roll back the clock, I mean, showing my age now, 20 years when I went into recruitment, it was just cold calling. That's all we could do because that's all that existed. So there was no 
the only science back then was literally numbers. The more people you speak to, the more likely you're going to have conversations. The more conversations you have, the more opportunity you, you create. It was really that basic. The more CVs you send out, and and, and it was genuinely a um, a numbers game. And then it became, yes, of course, I think there is a science to it in terms of the methodologies that started to come out. But there is also an art to selling and it is a human you know it's there is it's scientifically proven and psychologically proven in terms of how humans buy either in a shop or in a b2b sales environment you fast forward to where we are today what is it the 20th of october 2023 yes i believe there is there is more of a science to it because of the technology because of the access to data that we that we have but my what i see from kind of an outsider looking in if you will my fear is that too many folk are over-indexing on the science and trying to game the technology and the system and losing sight of the fact that fundamentally for the majority of your listeners and my listeners, it is a human-to-human conversation. And there is an, a scientific art, if you will, to those conversations. So yes, there is more to to the science of selling, but I do feel that, as I said, we're, we're maybe doubling down too much on that and losing sight of the human aspect of it. Yeah, and I know as a seller, that's something I kind of leaned into, right? Because a lot of salespeople, are, like you said, trying to do the maths to get to that big number, right? How can I do X, Y, Z? But actually just having a real chat with a real person, it's almost that's almost a pattern disrupting itself, right? Because not a lot of sellers are doing that. I mean, one of your philosophies, and uh, I've been I've been doing lots of research on you um, this week, and uh, it's been really it's been really interesting learning more about you. Is um, is to be honest, and I love that. I, you know, if I could if I could pin that to the wall, I absolutely would. Why is that so important to you? A because I've been the the, the I think of the piece that you read that I was um, interviewed for LinkedIn in terms of um, it was a situation in recruitment uh, a candidate didn't want to start a job it was end of quarter I didn't want to miss my target so I thought I'll deal with it uh, next quarter manager found out got really angry then we had a conversation and he explained is it is it that you didn't um, he was like I'm disappointed you didn't trust in me to we could have had an honest conversation about the situation because whilst you think your little you know candidate not starting is not a big problem the challenge is is that if we have lots of these happening across the organization that all rolls up to quite a large number and we are a publicly held company and the cfo and the ceo then have big problems as shareholders if we're missing you know revenue numbers because no one's being being honest and it was a real hard reflection on on myself, and I feel that you know, honesty—it's a, it's a cliche, right? Honesty is always the best policy. But I think it's as much being honest with yourself that sometimes you're chasing a dead horse, and this deal is never ever going to go. So you know what? Just front up and just admit it, right? I've wait—it's not going to happen. Move on, rather than—and you know, I've been there. I have absolutely been in those shoes where you're desperate for this thing to happen, and you—you—you—you—it's the false—you know—it's a false prophecy that you. You get yourself so into it that you believe that it's going to happen when it's never ever going to believe. So, you know, honesty with your um, with your clients and your your prospects, but I think also, you know, a bit of reflection and honesty with yourself around. Yeah, let's just pull the ripcord on this one because it's never, it's never going to land. 
And that's how you get help, right? Yeah. Again, early in my sales career, one-to-ones. Uh, everything's, how's everything going? Everything's going fantastic. Thank you very much. Oh, the, it's going great on the phones. Oh, I've got lots of deals. Well, you know, your your manager's never going to help you, right, if they think that you're flying. But actually, there's some power in going, look, I'm really struggling, right? And it's yeah. really it's really difficult. That's the only way that someone's going to be like, okay, well, let's let's change that. Now, we've we've had... Honesty is the best policy on cliche bingo. Let's oh, tick let's tick another one off because we've got people buy from people. Yeah. That's the that's the theme of today's uh, episode. You know, we both love social selling, we know that. But is that the answer? We talked about being human there. Is that the answer to humanizing yourself and and uh, and hitting that cliche of people buying from people? Yeah, the people buy from people conversation, and yeah, that can cause quite <laughs> quite a conversation on uh, on social, right? I mean, fundamentally, if you break it down to it's it's for the majority of your listeners and my listeners on um, uh, and my audience, yeah, there are humans involved in the purchase, so people are buying from people. I think where the where it gets lost in what we're trying to to say. I think it's Benjamin Dennehy that says this, is that you don't necessarily need to be liked. And I agree with that to a certain extent. If you are, it's a low value, low cost, low risk um, product, or even you know buying a car, for example, you don't necessarily need to like the car salesperson. But I would like to think that they are a personable, nice human being. And I think that's that's the subtlety in terms of, Yes, of course, when humans are involved, people buy from people. But as you move up the um, the scale and the size, the complexity of the deal, especially in my world of um, professional services, you know, where it's a million, two million, three million, four million, and and and, and some of the you know the deal sizes that these partners, these lawyers deal with, and you know they are spending long hours with their clients. And this is probably going to stay for enterprise deal in, in SaaS. I would suggest for the most part that it is a person piece and you do need to actually like the person and get on with them. And there is a, a, um, a relationship beyond the day job. So for me, yeah, fundamentally, people buy from people because you're buying from a human being. But there's a scale, if you will, of the likability and then a scale of the, the trust bit in that, and I feel that maybe some people default to the, I need to be liked, I need to be chopped. Yes, of course you do. But there's a difference between a, just a nice human being to, yeah, I'm going to go out for beers with this person because they're my best mate types of relationship. <laughs> yeah, I think um, just to kind of add to that, the best salespeople that I deal with, they're not necessarily, like you said, I want to be their friend, but it might be more along the lines of, they were really listening to my problems, right? And they seem to really align with the things that I'm going through. Not necessarily, oh, they, they told some great jokes or they were so friendly and warm. But but actually, yeah, they were, um, they showed that they cared. And I think that that's the word that, that sellers should really strive for. Do I care? Generally, not not do I sound like I care? Because again, that's a, that's a different thing. Do I actually care about solving problems? Now, uh, how about this question for you then? What if you're not a very likable person, right? Will people, will people buy from people they don't like? Um, 
I mean, that's a hard question, right? I mean, if you, that's a broader, but it's self-reflection if you're not a very likable, uh, <laughs> likable person. Again, if I reflect on, um, I get more so my recruitment days when it was just people. You were, you were selling people, you happened to engage with people. Yeah, there were people that I thought probably thought I was a bit of a, I don't know if we can swear on this, but you know, a bit of an, an idiot or what have you. And likewise, I met individuals, but we still went through the process. I think it's back to your point is that you, we're all here to do a role. We're all here to do a role on a job. And um, I think care, listen, and honest. If you're honest with me as a prospect or a client, then that in itself is going to start to build those, um, uh, those, those trust levels. And I, I feel that, again, where the sales industry gets a really bad rap is the dishonest sellers across all industries. That's when people get frustrated and angry with the situation and the industry. And unfortunately, like everything in life, it's always the minority that give the majority a bad name, right? So I would like to think that most people are likable in some shape or form because friends and family or what have you. But it's then it's, it is making that that distinct piece that you don't need. I guess as likable in terms of friends and family and outside of work, and there's just being a decent human being in your job, which is actually ironic because there was a piece in HBR recently around um, what they're now calling total experience, which is the next generation of employee experience. But fundamentally, their research is showing if you have happy employees, you have happy customers. So if you've got a happy, functioning sales team that are looked after, well-rewarded, enjoy what they do, you're going to have happy people talking to clients and prospects. And that comes across right. We were always told um, in our recruitment days, stand up when you're doing your calling or cold calling because you can open your lungs, you can project more, smile when you're talking because people can hear this. They can. They can genuinely hear that smile through the um, uh, through the call, and it's it's back to that you know the top of what we've said at the top of the show. It's the basic human psychology of human interaction. Yeah, I love what you said there about kind of having a good day, right? If you're having a good day at work, that's gonna that's gonna gonna come across on the phone certainly. Um, I worked with a seller; she certainly wasn't the nicest person, right? And I, and I would say that to her, and she would probably say it about herself. But the buyers loved her and they loved her because she was a straight talker. She was a straight shooter, right? So rapport skills, maybe not that great, but there was just no BS. And I think that's, again, it goes back to your piece about honesty, right? Actually, if you can just say it as it is, um, quite relevant for the No Nonsense sales podcast, um, you're going to be successful. So, um Let's look at rounding off the show because I feel like that's a really nice way to to end it. Um, we are going to end on a pump up song that you might you might put on before you make some calls. Uh, I'm going to cover it. Unfortunately, do you want to talk us through the song and why you brought it in? So you, in your pre note, you said that um, uh, it has to be safe for um, for what's okay. So I was going to go with Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name, but obviously we can't go with. Um, with that because the chorus doesn't <laughs> the chorus doesn't really work um being uh, being bleeped out and then i thought um and had i known you were going to go acapella i probably would have stuck with um the prodigy maybe out of space Firestarter, a few a few others but i thought okay again probably not really appropriate so i then went back and i thought this is uh and i was standing in the shower for those of you that want to visualize that and i thought 
I'm going to do a nod to my uh, late father, uh, David Lowe, um, who sadly passed away from cancer uh, six years ago. And he was a big Dire Straits fan. So a bit of money for nothing. And that guitar riff. Well, he's got great music taste and one of my one of my favourites. I look forward to it and hopefully uh, hopefully do him proud and give, give him a good cover of that song. I'll try my best. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> We got to install microwave ovens, custom kitchen deliveries. We've got to move these refrigerators. We've got to move these colour TVs. It's some dire straits, some dire vocals, and some dire end to the No Nonsense Sales podcast. But it's not all doom and gloom because you can listen to Money for Nothing right now by heading over to our No Nonsense Sales playlist on Spotify. Search No Nonsense Sales. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to this very show on Spotify or, of course, on your podcast player of choice. And we will see you, all being well, next week. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 